0: A few weeks ago, I was traveling back from uh, Juarez, Mexico, I I, I went there, as some of you know, with a college group from Missouri Western, uh, and uh, we were driving past Roswell, New Mexico. It was later in the evening, uh, everyone in the van, except maybe a couple in the back were asleep, or at least had headphones on, and so I I was kind of driving in silence, which was fine with me, I don't mind that at all. And as we went past Roswell, I looked up and there was a billboard on the side of the highway, and the billboard, all it said was, in great big bold letters, it said, forgiveness. And, and I looked at that and I, I, I immediately got my mind wondering what was going on. Now, the, the, the truth is, as I drove by it, I couldn't tell if there was writing on the bottom that, that gave some more, some more indication of what was going on with that. If it was there, I didn't see it. So, so maybe it was on there and it said sponsored by you know first baptist church roswell or or, or maybe it had a certain uh, person's name or a, a local ministry I, I if it did i didn't see it so so it's left to left to just contemplate this billboard forgiveness and it it made me wonder what was behind that what was behind that uh, why why did they put it there now now i could have understood had had it had a little bit more explanation there if it, for instance, if it had, said, had a slogan, forgiveness, pass it on. Okay, I can catch that. Or forgiveness, try it. Or, or forgiveness, it feels good. If, if any of those, it would have been, okay, I get that. But all it said was forgiveness. And, and I began to wonder, what, what was the motivation behind that? Maybe someone had experienced great forgiveness in their life. And it had transformed them. And so they said, you know, I'm going to sponsor a billboard that says forgiveness. Maybe, maybe it was someone that had seen great forgiveness offered to someone else, and it had, uh, it had inspired them, and, and they said, you know, I'm going to put that on that billboard. Or maybe it was someone that had given great forgiveness to someone who needed it, and it had grown them. And so they, hey, I'll do this billboard. I, I thought about all these possibilities, and then it hit me. Good job. Whoever put that billboard, it, it worked because I'd spent miles driving uh, past Roswell thinking about this whole idea. So, so on Easter 2018, this is what I want you to think about. And in fact, if you catch nothing uh, nothing else today, w- w- would you at least see that billboard? I wish I had. I took a picture of it while I'm driving. Uh, I know I told you I wouldn't mess with my phone when I drove the van, uh, but they they weren't looking. Uh, so I tried to take a picture, but it didn't come out because I was going to put it up. But uh, but, but if you would picture that thought, that, that idea, and, and at least catch that for today, Easter. Because isn't, isn't that one of the messages of the cross? Isn't that one of the messages uh, of the resurrection is simply forgiveness? We've been looking over the last several weeks at, at a number of one another statements in the New Testament. And today we're going to look at, and, and you probably guessed it, we're going to look at another one, and it's simply this. forgive. Forgive one another, but we're going to approach this. We're going to approach it a little bit differently. In fact, the uh, the command or the, uh, the the implication for us to, as a church, as believers, to forgive one another. I'm going to spend just a little bit of time on that. We're actually going to spend a little bit more time setting some foundation uh, for that whole idea. But if you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter three. I'm just going to read a couple verses there. You can hold it there or or just hang. Get your Bible ready. We'll look at some other verses as well. Uh, but, but some simple verses, I'm going to read verses 12 to 14. It says there in Colossians 3, Therefore, as God's chosen people, as dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all of these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect peace unity. I'm going to look up, before we get to this application of what it means for us to forgive one another, I'm going to look at two things. Here's the first one. I, I hope you realize this. I hope you understand it, that God authors forgiveness. It's God who authors this idea and this concept of forgiveness. In, in Mark chapter chapter two in the, the first 12 verses, though so you can look, look at it if you want to. I'm not going to read those. I'll just tell the story. And, and we've heard that story before, we, we've talked about it. But in Mark chapter 2, we, we see an interesting story of Jesus. He was in a house one day and he was preaching. In fact, he had he had, he had, uh, had so many people there that the crowd was, was, was shoulder to shoulder inside and the crowd had grown uh, all the way so that it was outside. People were crowding just to hear the word of Jesus. And, and the, the fact that Jesus was in the town that day and, and his his popularity and what he had done miracle-wise had already started to spread there was a guy that was a paralytic he was paralyzed and couldn't walk and he had and you know the story he had four of his friends carry him on a mat to see Jesus well they had there, and they, there was no way one of them was going to make it in the house much less all four of them carrying this guy on a mat so they came up with this great ingenious genius idea they climbed up on to the the roof of the house, and tore through the sticks and the mud that would have been the, the roof, and and they dropped this guy down uh, on his mat. Now, literally, probably, uh, we, we visualize on a rope, but, but probably they were holding each of the four corners of that mat, and they leaned through and dropped this. So Jesus, imagine the scene, Jesus is preaching along, and he's talking about all this important stuff, and suddenly they hear a commotion on the roof. Well, that distracted a few people, but then, then they start to see mud and sticks fall down, and Pretty soon the sunlight bears through and, and they, these guys drop this guy down through the roof. Now the, the uh, There's a number of things that Jesus could have said. He could have said, what are you guys doing? He could have said, hey, wait your turn. Get back outside, I'll be out there eventually. He could have said, do you realize you're going to have to pay for the damage? I imagine at least the owner of the house was thinking, or hoping, Jesus would say that. I, I can imagine Jesus, or at least I, I would say this, I, I can imagine Jesus could have said, hey, I'm preaching here. Don't you realize you're interrupting? But, but do you remember what he said in that story? Uh, do you remember what he said? He said to the guy, your sins are forgiven. Now, that's not why he came. He came to get healed, and, and Jesus did later on. Jesus said, "Hey, to because they got upset that he said it. Hey, to prove that I have the authority to forgive sins, uh, take up your mad and walk." So the guy got what he really was wanting, but but the first thing that Jesus said to him was, "Your sins are forgiven." I, I want I want you to see that billboard, forgiveness, or uh, or maybe you remember the story. It's found in Luke chapter nineteen, the first uh eight or nine verses there. It's a story, story of a tax collector. We, we, know, we know this guy from the song that we sing about him. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. It's about a tax collector named Zacchaeus. And, and apparently he was a short guy. And we know the story because he climbed up in a sycamore tree because the, the Lord was passing that way and he wanted to see him. Now, now the real reason he climbed up in the tree wasn't that he was short. Now, that probably affected it a little bit. But the real reason he had to climb in the tree because no one would let him close enough to Jesus to see him because everyone hated Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He had ripped them off before and they didn't like this guy at all. There's no way they were going to let him weasel his way close enough to see Jesus. So he climbed the, the tree uh, and, and, and we know the story. Jesus stopped and hey Zacchaeus I'm coming to your house today. And, and then verse 7 in uh, Luke chapter 19 says this all the people saw this and began to mutter he has gone to be the guest of a sinner he's going to be the guest of a sinner and then Jesus says in verse 10 the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost you know what Zacchaeus heard that day now Jesus didn't say it in these words but you know what Zacchaeus heard forgiveness Jesus invited him to his home he, he gave him worth and, and then he said I came to save and seek and save that was lost Zacchaeus heard Forgiveness John eight tells us the story of a woman that was caught in adultery the the religious religious leaders had had brought her and thrown her in front of Jesus probably probably had just been caught, maybe even without any clothes on they threw her in front of jesus and and they uh, asked him a question. The, the law of Moses says that we are to stone her. What do you say, Jesus? now did you ever stop and wonder why they asked Jesus that question? They were trying to trick him, the text tells us they're trying to catch him in something, but but you ever wonder why they questioned that? Why, why, why they threw that question out? I think they already knew the heart of Jesus. They, they already knew how he would respond. They already knew that he was, was compassionate and that he would offer forgiveness. And they were trying to catch, catch him in this. Now, now, now listen up, church. L- listen up to this thought here. The religious leaders, they weren't thinking about this lady. They weren't thinking about her past. They weren't thinking about her pain. They were just using her as a pawn, but not Jesus. Uh, we know how the story progresses. Jesus said, hey, if you don't have any sin, you throw the first stone. And then he reached down and he rode in the sand. And they, one by one, walked away. And finally, no one was there except Jesus and this lady. And Jesus says to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, no, no one, sir. And remember what Jesus said? Hey, I don't condemn you either. I don't condemn you either. Church, we live in a we live in a complicated times and we live in a difficult times. There's a lot of there's a lot of social issues and moral issues that, that, that gather our attention, but boy, if we had the heart of Jesus, said so, so, I don't condemn you. Now and then we know what he said next. Now go and leave your life of sin. But you know what she heard? You know what she saw? She saw this billboard that said forgiveness. Uh, see, God's nature if you're following in the in, in your notes, this is gonna be B. I've got A and B backwards here. I switched them, but but point B is this God's nature is forgiveness. Last Rita, was it Sunday night that we watched American Idol? I should have checked. I don't know. Some night. Amer, anyone American Idol, was that on Sunday night? Yes? Yeah, I, some of you guys are saw it, but you're not gonna admit to it like that. <laughs> I haven't watched it all year, okay, I, I don't watch it, I had not watched it all year, but it came on, I think, after a basketball game or something, and, and uh, so, so, so we were watching it, and and it was elimination time, they were in L.A., they met, got their golden ticket, but they were eliminating them, and, and they had to sing in groups, like four or five in a group, and they would sing, and then uh, when they were done, they would have, like, two people step forward, and they would say, okay, we're in front row, go, you're going home, back row, you're staying, or vice versa, and, and, and they did this all night long. They got to the last group. It was, I think it was four girls. And they were struggling, particularly one girl, I don't remember her name. She had red hair, was, was struggling with, uh, with, with uh, being able to get getting the song down. She wasn't as talented, wasn't as experienced as the rest of I them. Mean, she was really having a hard time. But when they sang, and, man, they nailed it. And that girl had a beautiful voice. But when they got done, they, they said, hey, here's the deal. Only three of you can, can go on. Only three of you, we only have room for three of you. One of you has to volunteer to go home. Did, did any of you watch that? Did you see that? Yeah, a couple of you. One of you has to volunteer. And, and, and there was, there was a, an uncomfortable pause as they all kind of, you know, looked at one another. And finally that red-headed girl that had struggled on the end said, I'll volunteer. Now, now I'm going to point this out. I think that was scripted. Just so you know, I think that whole thing was staged. I don't think it really happened that way. I, 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 I'm very cynical when it comes to reality TV. As I've said before, reality TV is not real. But, uh, uh, so I'm sure that was scripted. But even if it was, you catch what the producers of that show, do you understand what they understood? They understood the message of the cross. They understood the nature of God. That the nature of God is to sacrifice. 1 John chapter 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. God's nature is forgiveness. No matter what you think about God, no matter what your preconceived idea of who God is and how He sees you, know this, that God is the author of forgiveness and it's His nature. Now, our nature is something different. Our nature is retaliation now now you may not do that In fact we're we're civil enough we're probably mature enough and 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 we're nice enough that most of the times we don't retaliate but but our nature is to retaliate let me illustrate it this way about about a year ago a year and a half a little over a year ago uh crystal was home crystal and and nick and family are here this week crystal was there my son from uh, from liberty was there with his kids and or his kid at that time and uh uh, and, and, and the two two-year-olds, Caden and Reed, were playing. And they were getting along fairly decent, but Reed had, had two, a, a toy in each hand. It probably was a car or a truck or something in each hand. And Caden went up and looked at his car and took one of the cars from Reed's hand and turned and started the other direction. Now Reed's response was what my response would be. He, he, he got upset. You could see his little shoulders kind of. And then what happened next <laughs> caused me to laugh. Now I shouldn't have laughed, because it, it was well. It was funny. Some some of you will understand and you'll laugh with me, because what Reed did next came natural to him. I, I don't know why. It's, I'm sure his dad hadn't taught him this. Uh, but what Reed did next was looked at the car in his other hand, and he turned and threw it at Caden. Now he can hardly even throw now. A year later, but man, he nailed Caden in the head with that car. And his grandpa, I'm sitting here laughing that. Was, That was hilarious because not my kid. I've already dealt with that. Parents were there. They can handle that. Do what you want on that. I thought it was funny. Uh, Well, well, in a sad kind of way. Uh, But why did he do that? Why did he do that? You know what? I think our nature, even as a two-year-old, your nature is, man, you just took my car. My heart hurts. Make your head hurt <laughs> uh, When someone hurts you, when someone stabs you in the back, when someone does you wrong, when someone knocks you down with their words, when someone lets you down with their action, what is your nature telling you to do? I, I, I think our nature says, "I've got to get even. I'm hurting, I want you to hurt." Now, notice what, what it says over in First in, uh, Peter chapter two. I, I, I like this because it tells us what Jesus didn't do, but, but by doing that, it kind of tells us what the natural response would have been. In, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 20, uh, 21, it says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insult at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted him, uh, himself to him who judges justly. You can read, read on in that text and see what else it says there uh, down through verse 25 to the end of the chapter. What, what, what we see Jesus doing there what was against nature. In, in fact, don't we see that on the cross? Isn't that one of the seven sayings on the cross of Jesus? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, God's nature is forgiveness; our nature is reta- retaliation. Uh, forgiveness then is God's nature in us. We'll, we'll look about look at that just a little bit more as we go on. But, but forgiveness is is what God can put into us. For, forgiving one another, forgiving hurts, is what God can do through us. Um, God authors forgiveness, but He also offers forgiveness. Uh, He offers forgiveness. And and catch this, we're just two two simple things here. First of all, it's free. The forgiveness that God offers us comes without a cost to us. It's free. Now, I I have a gift, a a, a free gift that I'm going to give to someone. So all I need is a volunteer. If if someone's willing to volunteer, I have a free gift. I I guarantee you it's not going to cost you anything. It is totally free. So anyone willing to take the free gift? Gary, I know your hand's not going up. but you've Anyone? I, seriously, I, I, I've got to have a volunteer. But we'll be here all day. Who who wants to volunteer? I've got a free gift. I didn't even tell him you had to come forward, but hey, great, Kevin. Hey, brother, I appreciate it. you. He, he, he's he got uh, Sunday dinner waiting for him, so he says, you got to get this moved on. So I, I've got a free gift that's not gonna cost you anything. Except there are a couple of strings attached. Did I miss? I didn't mention that earlier. Okay. There are two strings attached. Are, are, you, are you still with me? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Here's the first string. Free gift. Not not gonna cost you anything. You have to accept it. He's ready. Okay. I'm cheap, Chris. Five dollar bill. <laughs> I found it because I left my wallet at home. And I didn't. It wouldn't be a one, but um, it, okay. Here's the second string. We'll kind of talk about this later on too. You have to give it away. All right. Thank you. Hey, we. you are done. <laughs> he's, like, he's like. There's gotta. See, it was good. That was free. There you, you. There you go. <laughs> Smart. I meant to tell you I had to give it to my wife, but I, I forgot that part. <laughs> forgiveness is costly. Ask the paralytic. Ask the, the woman caught in adultery. Ask Zacchaeus. All who receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is costly. When, when, when you're the one guilty standing in need of forgiveness... When you've messed up big time and you know there's nowhere else to turn, you, you've blown it, you know forgiveness is costly. When, when you've been harmed and, and you feel that God has called you to forgive, you know that forgiveness is costly. See, forgiveness is costly, yet it's free. For, forgiveness is free. Uh, God wants to offer us that all. All He asks in return, it is that we accept it. All he asks in return is that, that we enter into relationship with him and, and no matter what we've done, he will offer us forgiveness. And, and he does tack on another one. You know what? And we'll look at that here at the end of the sermon. We do have to give it away as well uh, when we get forgiveness. Now now, now let's, let's see one more thing. Forgiveness, uh, forgiveness is frightening. It's free, but it's also frightening for us sometimes. It's hard for us to let go. We have to to accept it. See, I bet there's someone here this morning that's struggling that's struggling with forgiveness. That's struggling with believing that God can forgive them. One of the songs we sang this morning illustrated that so well. There's someone here today that that the, you know the verses, you know the church has talked about it, you know what the Bible says, and you know it's a big theme, but gosh, can God forgive me? I, it's free, but man, you have to accept it. A couple weeks ago, as I mentioned, when I was down in Juarez, we were we were at the grocery store, S-Mart, uh, and, and the group I was with was buying food for uh, six families, six families they had built houses for in previous years, and uh, and so... So we'd walk through the store. There was about 12 of us. And, and whenever there's 12 gringos in a, in a grocery store in Mexico, you, you, you get attention. People notice you there. So we were checking out, and I was kind of, kind of standing off the side. I'd, I'd bought a, 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 a Diet Coke, and I was sitting there standing there drinking the Diet Coke and, and, and watching them check out. Now, most of the people, when they buy food in Mexico at the store, they're buying just enough for that meal or maybe, maybe the next day. There's no one going through there like some of you all do. Uh, we used to, when our kids were home, with carts full of food. You just don't see it unless the Mac- Americans are there. And so we pull up about four carts full of food and dump them on the tray. And so people always, people just sit there and stare at us because, because number one, there's a bunch of green and number two, it's like, man, they're buying a lot of food. And and that day, as I stood there drinking my diet coke, I looked over and, and off to the side. There was about an eight. Uh, I guess he he was probably about eight years old. A little boy standing there, and, and he, he was just standing, there and his his chin was had dropped to the floor. He's And, and I saw him, and I don't know what inspired me to do this, but but maybe it's because I took a drink of my Diet Coke, and he's sitting there, and, I, and so I went up to him, and I asked him if he wanted a Coke, you know, I said, you uh, get us a uh, Coke, you, you want a Coke, and, and uh, his eyes kind of got real big, first of all, he's like, and the gringo's talking to me, what do I do, you know, I, he kind of looked around like, mom, where are you, and there was no mother figure around, so he said, you know, I'm like, come on, come on, you want a Coke, and and so I, I kind of grabbed his arm and said, come on, and, and I, he didn't know what to do, so he followed me over, and I, I got to the machine, and I said, you know, pick your favorite. And, and so he so finally reached in and picked a Coke, because we went through line, there's a bunch of candy there, just like at ro- ro- grocery stores here, a bunch of candy bars. I said, you know, pick your favorite one, and I didn't really say that, I just said, favorito, which is favorite, so I figured he knew what I meant. And, and, uh, and uh, so, so he picked a candy bar, and I paid for it, and I, I mean, I, hadn't, I had barely got that paid for and he was out of the store. I think he's like, I'm going to get out of here before this gringo requires anything else from me. Um, and we finished up about that time and walked out. And when I walked out, I saw this boy. And he was standing over just outside the door. And I saw his mouth just going while him in. Then he looked over and saw me. And he did this. <laughs> he, pointed, he pointed at me. And, and the mom, then she kind of looked at me. And, and I was trying to, I, what I was expecting was a big old smile across her face. like He's like, there's the nice American guy, mom. But instead she was kind of frowning. And I thought, ooh, I've done it. You know, I've I've messed up here. And I, I she started heading towards me. And I, I really expect she was going to come back and thrust the candy bar and coke into my hands. And I, you know, tell me she well, I wouldn't have understood it, but she was gonna tell me, you know, her son didn't want these. And and she walked towards me, her, her face was still kind of surly, and I'm like, ooh. And then at the last minute, a, a little smile crept across her face. And she got up and nodded her head and said gracias, and and I really wished I spoke Spanish, because I wanted to tell her, I wanted to say, hey, I, I bought that because I wanted to bless your son, you know, because Jesus loves us and God's blessed us. I wanted to bless him. All I knew how to say was Dios te bendiga, <laughs> God bless you. So so I said that and kind of pointed up and hoped that you got a a spiritual connection there of, of somehow. Uh, but this kid man, this kid didn't want to accept it at first. It's there. But we have to accept it. Um, We also, and maybe you have a struggle with this, we have to let go. Because sometimes we like to hold on. We like to grip tight our our guilt and our shame. And, And to accept that forgiveness, we have to let go. Carl Menninger, a uh, famed psychiatrist, probably familiar with him around here, these parts, once said this. He said, If I could convince the patients in my psychiatric hospital that their sins were forgiven, if I could convince my patients that their sins were forgiven, he said, 75, 75% of them could walk out the next day. Are holding on to our guilt, are clutching close, our... Our, our failures and our shame is is scary. It frightens us to let it go. And yet, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He took our, our sin and our shame and our pain and, and he offers us forgiveness. I think it was three years ago, I was in Mexico again with that same college group, sitting in the back of the church one evening and, and uh, we just had devotions and a couple of the, a couple of the kids had had divided up in groups, and and they were talking. And a couple, of them, one guy was sitting around with a guitar singing, and and there was one girl. I won't tell you her name, but I, I'll tell you what I call her. I call her Iowa. Um, she's an Iowa State fan, so I I've always called. I always have to stop to think and remember her name because I always call her Iowa, and she calls me Kansas. So uh uh, you know, we get each other that way. But 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 I saw her sitting in the back of church, and she just looked kind of sad and like it's like she was dejected. So I went down and sat by beside her. and said, Iowa, what's wrong? He just sat there for a second, staring forward, not answering. And then I'm like, okay, hey, what's, what's the, you know, my, hey, college, because I thought, well, someone hurt her feelings, something happened, and, you know. So I just sat there a little longer and finally said, hey, what's wrong? And I'll never forget what she said. She kind of pointed out toward the chapel where, where everyone else was at. She said, I'm not like them. What do you mean? they only knew if, if they only knew who I really was if they only knew what I'd done and I knew a little bit of her past I knew she'd come from a rough family and her home life wasn't good and, 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 and her parents were divorced and her mom was into things she shouldn't have been into I, I knew her life was not easy boy if they only knew and I, I sat there and I said Brittany they're no different than you maybe you don't see the sin in their life maybe you don't see their heartache maybe you don't see their pain but you know and I, I sat there I think she knew my story she had, she had heard me speak before but I, I told her my story I said Brittany you know we all bring we all bring a story to the Lord we just have to let him forgive us and, and finally and I'll, I'll go quick here I don't want to spend much time here uh, but, but here's the, the one another uh, we're to forgive one another and do you realize that God requires that our forgiveness, our our forgiveness, requires us to forgive. Over in uh, the Gospel of of, of Matthew, chapter uh, chapter six, verses fourteen and fifteen, it says this: This is Jesus speaking. Red letters here. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Do. Do you catch that? Did, did did you understand that? Our forgiveness requires us to forgive. So when Colossians three thirteen, what I read earlier, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances that you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We're required to forgive other people. Ephesians chapter four thirty two says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, just as in Christ God forgave you. We are required to forgive. To receive forgiveness, and our freedom requires it. Forgiveness is, uh, Archibald Hart says, is surrendering my right to hurt you. Hurting me, and there is great, there is great power. There is great freedom when we forgive. God authors forgiveness; He offers it to us, and He requires it. Philip Yancey, in his book *Rumors of Another World*, shares this story. We'll close with this thought. He, he tells the story that happened back uh, years ago in, the, uh, in South Africa during, when they were going through the apartheid uh, season in their history. And it's a story of great reconciliation. He said a, there was a policeman named Van de Bork uh, who recount, recounted an incident that had happened uh, or that he had taken part in. He had, he, had, he along with some other uh, uh, police officers had, had murdered an 18 year old boy and then to cover up their murder, They'd taken his body, threw it on a pile of of wood, and doused it with gasoline and burned his body to 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 get rid of the uh, evidence. Eight years later, this same police officer officer Vanderbrock went back to that house, took out the father uh, from that family, killed him, and did the same thing to him. So several years later, Mr. Vanderbrock was was facing the the wife and the mother of the two men that he had murdered. Uh, the judge asked her, what do you want me to do with Mr. Van de Brock? What do you want me to do? She said, it's simple. I, I want him to go where he killed and, 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 and burnt my father and, and gather up the ashes so I can bury him. And then the second thing I want you to do, I want him to come down to the ghetto twice a week I want him to come down twice a week. He, he said, she said, he's taken everything from me. He's taken my husband and he's taken my son. But I still have a lot of love to give. So, so twice a week, I want him to come visit me in the ghetto. And there, I want to be his mother. I want to love him. And I want to offer him forgiveness. In fact, she said, sir, can, can I go hug him right now? Can I go hug him right now to prove to him that I have forgiven him? Huh. Wow. God calls us, commands us, implores us to forgive one another. In fact, he requires it of us. But, but he's the one that authored it. And he showed us how because he offered it to us. Would you bow with me? Father, Father, There are hearts here today that are hurting, that are struggling, that want forgiveness, that want to know the peace that comes from that, and just don't know how. Father, I pray that they can find forgiveness in you. Uh, Father, there are ones here today that that need to uh, put in their own life and in their own heart, in their own actions, a life of forgiveness to others, just as you've called us to do, to to forgive one another, whatever happens between us, to have a heart of forgiveness. Father, give us that spirit and that heart, in Jesus' name, amen. When you leave today, I I want you to think, I want you to remember at least one thing. See that billboard.